welcome back to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. It's been a little while since I've uploaded a podcast. However, that's not because I've been inactive. That's just because I've been spending a lot of time making videos. So you could find those on YouTube and Instagram at Tipsy Tennis Podcast. As you already know, in this episode, I went to Miami to hit with some local college players, Tom Andrews and Martin Barbier. They are no longer current college players, however, they did play for St. Thomas University down in Florida. This was a really fun episode. We went to Crandon Park, the original home of the Miami Open until they moved it. Crandon Park Tennis Center, located on Key Biscayne, Florida, has a rich history in the tennis world. The center is primarily known for hosting the Miami Open, one of the most prestigious tournaments in the professional tennis. Crandon Park Tennis was established in 1969 and it quickly became a prominent venue for tennis events. Its location on the picturesque Key Biscayne, surrounded by lush greenery and overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, added to its allure. In 1987, the Miami Open, formerly known as Lipton International Players Championships, moved to Crandon Park. The tournament gained significance as a key event in the lead up to the Grand Slam tournaments over the years. Crandon Park became synonymous with thrilling matches, iconic victories, and vibrant atmosphere. The stadium witnessed numerous historic moments, including legendary matchups and victories by tennis greats. The list of champions include Andre Agassi, Serena Williams, Novak Djokovic, and many others. In 2019, the Miami Open moved to the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, marking the end of an era at Crandon Park. The move aimed to provide a more expensive and upgraded venue for the players and fans. However, Crandon Park in Key Biscayne, being such an old and historic place, was unwilling to do it, so they simply just moved the venues. Despite the relocation, Crandon Park Tennis Center remains a significant part of tennis history. The memories created on its court, the intense battles, and the contributions that are etched into the tennis lore. While the Miami Open has found a new home, the legacy of Crandon Park continues to be a nostalgic reminder of the tournament's formative years and excitement it brought to tennis enthusiasts around the world. It is open to the public and you could rent a court. We tried playing on it, but it rained out. So instead, we squeegeed the courts, dried them up, and then started playing on it. So this is that day. I interviewed Tom and Martin while they were squeegeeing the courts and I was following them around, asking them some questions and learning about their tennis experience. This was a really fun one and you could find the video version on YouTube along with some clips across socials. If you haven't already, please check out my Instagram page at Tipsy Tennis Podcast and YouTube as well. Without further ado, Let's jump into it. Welcome to the Tipsy Tennis Pat. <laughs> Welcome to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. We are in Crandon Park, Key Biscayne, Miami, Florida. This is the original home of the Miami Open before they moved it to the Hard Rock Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. I am here with two local college players. We were gonna try to play tennis. We got rained out for the first hour on one of the side courts. We are standing in the stadium of Miami Open right now. We are gonna squeegee the courts, turn it into like a little uh, interview from there, and uh, learn more about your guys' tennis experience. Let's uh, let's get started squeegeeing the courts. Let's do it. Uh, All right, what what uh, what's the technique for squeegeeing? 
How do you Squeegee do this? technique with these vintage rollers is uh, real hard, firm into the ground and take as much water with you as possible off the side of the court. That's it. That, it doesn't look convincing off that first, after that first <laughs> No, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna have this place ready to play soon. Yeah, the vintage rollers are doing their job right now. So how did, uh, how did you get started playing tennis? So I actually just started playing tennis at around eight or nine, just as something to do. Uh, after school, I kind of tried soccer, I tried cricket, tried a few different things. Um, and then tennis, just a little bit more hand-eye coordination came a little bit more natural to me. Where are you from? I'm from London. Um, grew up playing, playing with, uh, with Emma Raducanu, played with guys like Anton Matusevic, who are currently like top thousand and, and trying to get up there. Um, I guess my claim to fame is that I actually hit Emma when she was 13. I hit her in the head by accident with a ball. Oh, her father never spoke to me again after that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I was lucky enough to play with a lot of good players who are- uh, Do you ever hit on her? <laughs> uh, unfortunately not because I'm a little bit older than her so at the time it might have been a little sketchy but uh, but hey you never know maybe one day we'll rekindle the sun's coming out the wind is picking up I think we might be able to get the get on these courts in a little bit what the do you think the vintage squeegees are doing an amazing job I think we've got this who uh, who's your favorite player it's got to be Andy Murray, of course. Got to rep GV, but... Um, is it true that when, uh, when he's winning, he's British, but when he's losing, he's Scottish? <laughs> no, no, no. Andy Murray won us the Davis Cup for a while. He, he was the GOAT for a pretty much a full year. So no disrespect to Murray, all love, even though he's now an old man trying to, trying to finish out strong and... It's a tough time watching him play these days. You got to respect and love that guy. You said you go to St. Thomas University. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what division is that? So it's actually NAIA. Um, and that? I don't know, fun fact about NAIA, you can be pretty much any age. So you've got guys that have played on the tour. You've got guys that couldn't go D1. Um, and, and you've got people kind of 18 freshmen as well coming in. It's uh, at the top of NAIA, which is what we played at. It's, it's a pretty high level. Um, I've actually retired from college tennis now, but when I was playing, we, we were top 25. We went to nationals and, and we had a solid team of, of some really good guys that, uh, that kind of played a lot of tennis growing up on the, on the kind of ITF tour and, and found their way through D1, D2. And some people just love Miami. So you gotta come down here and take the opportunity. So uh, you said you retired from college tennis. What are you doing now? So now I, I, uh, I actually work for the university. I still kind of work with the tennis team a little bit here and there. I still got a lot of friends that play, but I coach around Miami and also on our campus courts. We're lucky enough to, to host the Miami Open practice courts. So kind of March time, we get all the pros down, um, top top 25 players in the world, all on our courts on campus, which is pretty cool. Have you hit with any of them? Uh, I have not actually. Um, I've not had the opportunity to do that. They do, they do have a lot of applications for hitting with pros and 
and also uh, doing the data and stuff like that. A lot of our teammates have done that in the past. Um, last year we had Richard Gasquet on the course. One of my teammates was just hitting with him. We, I was practicing, I had Felix behind me. I didn't make a ball because I just watched him the whole time, but pretty cool. Fed's been on our courts before as well. So yeah. What's, what's your favorite uh, tennis memory? My favorite tennis memory. Tennis related. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Most probably going to nationals with the boys here. You know, college tennis is a special thing. Tennis is a pretty individual sport and actually you don't really get, unless you play college, you don't really get that camaraderie that you get in other, in other team sports. So college tennis and doing something great with a team and the boys is, is a great feeling. So making it to nationals has got to be the one. How'd you guys do at nationals? Uh, we lost first round, unfortunately. Um, we, uh, we play in a pretty tough conference over here. So we've got the number two team and then three other teams in the top 25. Um, and so it was, a, it was a pretty good achievement to make it there, uh, especially since our program hadn't made it since 2011 to nationals. So it was nice to be a part of something that, that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. How's it going, Martin? Yeah, the vintage squeegee doing its thing. Where are you from? So I'm from France. I uh, arrived in the US in 2018. Uh -huh. So it's been five years now. I've done my undergrad in Kentucky and uh, now I'm a graduate assistant in Miami in St. Thomas University. Nice. How did you get started playing tennis? Um, my dad used to be a tennis coach and um, he used to run in the family. I've always been to the tennis court, like even when I was like three, four years old. As soon as I was like able to walk, I had like my like little racket. So, so yeah, it's always been, always been there. Uh, I used to love to play soccer too, but tennis is such a big sport and like I love it. So it's always been there. What, what's, your fav what's your favorite tennis memory? Tennis memory, um, obviously coming here into the US, like being able to realize my dream, playing in a school here. Um, I've done so many great things here. Um, three years ago, I got to qualify for nationals and uh, ended up like being number two in the nation uh, from my school, so it was a great achievement. Like I was telling him, like it's very tough mentally to be there, but like it's a price that you have to pay and that makes the victory so much better and so much precious. So, so yeah, it's, it's not easy, but I chose, I chose to be here and I just love it, you know, like it's this sport, like everything, the people that I met, Tom, you guys, it's, it's amazing. Like the experience that I got, it's, it's very nice. Who's your favorite tennis player? Uh, it used to be Roger, but I'm a big Djokovic fan now, so yeah, so, so yeah, that's for sure. What, what do you like about Djokovic? What do you like about him the most? The fact that he's never giving up, um, the way that he handles the pressure. I think he's the, the best athlete in the world, like outside of tennis too, to never giving up, like always being there, uh, having the tough, the, the crowd, sorry, against him and like still showing up no matter what. Um, Many people told like him or like the world that like he was done and he keeps showing up like 
how an amazing athlete and person he is. So that's very learning. You can learn a lot from him. So that's for sure. What advice would you give to, uh, let's say, like an intermediate level tennis player who wants to get better? They could be a junior. They could be, let's say, maybe lower level college to, you um, know, get the motivation to be the best yeah, that of they course. can be. Um, there's many things. First thing, and that's what like drove me here, you have to love playing that sport because you go through so many emotions that you're going to question yourself sometimes, but even if like after a loss or something, you always have to keep going and keep doing what you love, um, doing more than what you asked to do. So let's say you're a college te tennis player and like you have like a certain amount of practices, just do more, like practice after, go to the gym, try to always have a mindset where what is going out or like always try to do what's best for you on the court. So be ready, the, the hydration, the eating, the sleeping. Sleeping is very important. Uh, but like I said, every time try to always find happiness in everything that you do It's very important. Mm -hmm. if, uh, if you could win one tournament in the world, which one would it be? I would say Roland Garros since I'm French. Uh, I've been a ball boy there, so I have many great memories. Uh, I actually played the French championship because the French championship over there is playing in Roland Garros. So I got to play on those courts and it's just amazing. So, so yeah, I would say definitely Roland Garros. How was being a ball boy for, the U for Roland Garros? It's well, a great experience. It's uh, you're there for, for the US Open. Yeah, I heard it. That's so cool. It's uh, it's like a three weeks experience like you're fully there from morning to tonight you get to meet a lot of people you're so close to some of your like idols it's it's great i'm i wish i could still do it we're getting close yeah. but it's yeah it's up. it's very nice what uh what's your favorite memory from uh roland garros uh i was able to like be a ball boy for like everyone so like the pros, the uh, handicap one on a wheelchair, and He's just French, see. Right? Oh no, no, the hand, number one is a Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah, but like back then, he he used to be French number one, and I got to be a ball boy for him, and just seeing the dedication, like everything, uh, like still believing in his dream and being where he is is, is amazing. Old. He's old. He's like yeah. probably like 40s. Yeah, he is. But yeah, that's that's for sure a great memory. Um, if you could. If you could challenge one player to a set, to a match, and uh, if you win, you uh, have to take butts up from him. But if you, or if you lose, you take yeah. butts up from him. Uh, and if you win, you get a million dollars. Who do you Oof. challenge? Active ATP. Active ATP? Yeah. Uh, let me think. Um, I would love to challenge Tsitsipas, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of him, so the, the victory will be even sweeter. But uh, yeah, I would say Tsitsipas. You probably wouldn't be able to even hit you anyway. Yeah, miss. <laughs> exactly. So there's, there's no, no pressure to... Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> to a safe play. pick. Have you been to, the, to this place before? Uh, actually, I've been there two days ago with my girlfriend. That was the first time uh, we came to visit. And uh, it's the first time I'm actually able to hit but it's it's amazing thinking that like a few years ago like the best like we're on discord Federer, Djokovic it's it's an amazing feeling and I thrive like being there you see all those seats around it's it's amazing and today we got to to play with you guys so I'm very thankful for the opportunity
Yeah, you're here. For, so you were here for the first time a couple of days ago, and now you're uh, drying the courts. Exactly. Put, <laughs> That's a hey, nice coincidence. Put, it's exactly what you said. Putting you to work. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do more than what's asked for for the sport that you love. Right? Exactly. Exactly. When I was, um, so I grew up in New York. Yeah. And I was playing like uh, competitive juniors. I played some ITFs, junior ITFs, and uh, <clears throat> the thing in New York. Yeah. is the courts were always uh, so expensive indoors. Yeah. In France, it's super cheap. Yeah. It's like 10 euros for, yeah, for an hour. Is, yeah. Where in New York, to get an indoor court is like 80, 100, $120 yeah. an hour. And so what I would do is I would, uh, during the winter, I would shovel the courts with snow, okay. the snow, exactly like this. Yeah. Except the water is uh, frozen, <laughs> and there's no sun and yeah. palm trees, and then playing on the courts out there. Yeah. That, that, that's one of my favorite like uh, tennis memories. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, for sure. We have to be thankful of everything that we're surrounded by. It's, it's amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. This was a blast to shoot with Tom and Martin. Shout out to them and St. Thomas University for producing such great tennis players and great people that is what the tipsy tennis is on the hunt for if you haven't already please follow me on my socials at tipsy tennis podcast and until next time my friends stay tipsy